0: is
1: We live in an instant culture and we kind of want God to be a great cosmic vending machine. Where we put in our desires and we get out what we want. Like, I put in $1.50 and I get a box of jujubes. And, it, we, and we struggle with that, right? How many of us have done exactly what Abraham and Sarah have done? Where when God's not moving in the timing that we think, we come up with a better plan to help to force God's hand. And we end up with an Ishmael.
0: When someone recognizes how God is with you, either they'll want to know more or they'll shy away. Either way, we have to live according to Him all the time, because we never know how things will play out. Today, Pastor Daniel finishes this chapter in Genesis when Abraham and Abimelech make amends. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Genesis chapter 20 verse 16 with his continuing study entitled Isaac.
1: He's saying, saying, she really is my sister She's my half-sister But you know what this is? This is what you call a half-truth And as I always like to say, a half-truth is a whole lie A half-truth is a whole lie He's saying, look She's my stepsister, but she's also my wife He didn't say, like The prince in Song of Solomon My sister, my spouse And hey, you guys You got to remember that With your brides, She's your sister and your spouse Because you're both God's kids I love that I always say that to Lynn She's like She's like you're so silly (laughs) On a side note You guys You want to woo your wives Just open up Song of Solomon And just read that stuff to your wife You single folks You stay away from that okay (laughs) You file that And when I'm married I'll bust that one out I always say, Lynn, your neck is like an ivory tower. And she, she baths her eyes. <laughs> but the reality is, is that Abraham's just not being quite honest with him. He's like, she is my sister. But he was, he was doing it to protect himself. He didn't trust God or Abimelech. So... Look at what happens. In verse 14, Then Abimelech took sheep, oxen, male and female servants, and gave them to Abraham. And he restored Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, See, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. Now, don't you love this? Abraham's sinning. He's getting Abimelech in trouble, and he gets blessed. And this is textbook grace. This is what grace is. Grace is getting what you've never deserved in a million years. When it happened in Egypt, the same thing happened. This is just a picture of God's grace God's grace is not justice getting what you deserve It's not mercy not getting what you deserve It's getting what you don't deserve Abraham doesn't deserve sheep and cattle This is riches in that culture Male and female servants He deserves to get beaten up and stuff But instead he gets blessed Blessed And that's what the grace of God is all about And no matter what's going on in your life today I am quite sure that you have much reason to rejoice Because of God's grace in your life Because none of us deserve any of it I mean none of us do We don't deserve the blessings of the Holy Spirit. We don't deserve to be ushered into this glorious thing called the church with all of its spot and wrinkle and dysfunctionality and God's Spirit working on all of us. We don't deserve these things, but yet we get them. And we get a glorious afterlife, a wondrous inheritance. We get to grow and be changed by His Spirit. It's textbook, textbook grace here. In verse 16, then to Sarah he said, Behold, I have given your brother, Abimelech, he's kind of, he's getting a little, you know, giving him a jab, I gave your brother. It's being a little sorry, you know, it's like kind of giving Abraham a little jab, I gave your brother. A thousand pieces of silver, indeed, this vindicates you before all who are with you and before everyone Thus she was rebuked Or a lot of your transitions would say She was vindicated So he's saying look You're off the hook too I've taken care of this In verse 17 So Abraham prayed to God And God healed Abimelech His wife and his female servants Then they bore children For the Lord had closed up all the wombs Of the house of Abimelech Because of Sarah, Abraham's wife Now notice this We find out in the end That Sarah must have been in his house for a long time Because God closed up There was no conception The implication from these verses is that It wasn't like she was in there for like two days But she spent some time there That God brought barrenness Now, as we move into chapter 21 Look what it says And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of the son who was born to him, whom Sarah born to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son, In his old age Now when we get to chapter 21 Finally we see the fulfillment of God's promise That he gave to Abraham All the way back in Genesis chapter 12 God had promised that he would be his God That he would give him land And that he would make him a great nation And although they came up with an Ishmael Through the plotting of Sarah and Abram Now it's time, in the appointed time. And I have to say it, God has a timing. God's word is true, and there is an appointed time for certain things. Isn't that the hardest thing for us? To not impose our timetable on what God is up to? We live in an instant culture, and we kind of want God to be a great cosmic vending machine. Where we put in our desires and we get out what we want. Like, I put in a dollar fifty and I get a box of jujubes. And we, and we struggle with that, right? How many of us have done exactly what Abraham and Sarah have done? Where when God's not moving in the timing that we think, we come up with a better plan to help to force God's hand. And we end up with an Ishmael. We all struggle with this, don't we? But over and over again, it says, God visited. It's at the perfect time. In verse 3, of course, we get his name will be called Isaac, which literally means laughter. Abraham circumcised Isaac on the eighth day, the sign of the covenant, which we've already seen. Isaac is the son of promise. Isaac is the promised son. The one who God had promised. And Isaac is, of course, a foreshadowing of Jesus. The promised one. Born under unique circumstances. Born after a period of delay. Both mothers were assured by God's omnipotence. They were given names that are rich in meaning before they were born. The birth occurred at the appointed time. Both births Were miraculous Sarah when she was 90 And Mary when she was a virgin Both births were accompanied by great joy If you want to read more about Isaac as the son of promise Just go read Romans chapter 4 verses 16 to 22 In your spare time The Apostle Paul picks up on this Now It's a joyous time, right? You can imagine this Sarah's 90, Abraham's Abraham's 100. They have this little bouncing baby boy. I mean, Sarah's just, she had been barren for 90 years. But all is not well in Abraham's home. Because look at what happens in verse 8. So the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. You guys want to bless your kids even more? You can have a weaning party for them. And all the moms said, Amen. In verse 9, And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, scoffing. Therefore she said to Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight. Because of his son. Verse 12. But God said to Abraham, Do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. For in Isaac your seed shall be called. Yet I will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman because he is your seed. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and putting it on her shoulder, he gave it to her and the boy Hagar and sent her away Then she departed and wandered in the Wilderness of Beersheba As we've said before Sin has consequences And now as Isaac is growing up And as he's weaned Sarah looks Over and there is Ishmael Picking on little Isaac And Sarah gets mad And Sarah comes to Abraham and she says You need to get rid Of Ishmael You have to realize that in Right here in Genesis chapter 20 This is the origin of the Arab-Israeli conflict Right here Right here It began thousands of years ago In Abraham's house Because what's interesting is If you read the Quran And I would rather you read your Bibles But you'll find that right here Where it says In Isaac your seed shall be called They would actually say That in Ishmael your seed will be called So it boils down to who's the chosen one Who is the royal line And Ishmael's picking on Isaac And now it's time to send Hagar and Ishmael away And what's interesting is God tells Abraham Listen, you need to do this Because Isaac is the promised son He is the son of your inheritance But I will still bless Ishmael Because he's your seed And I promise you that I would bless your seed. So what does Abraham do? He gives Hagar and Ishmael some bread and some water. And he sends them away. Now, as the story continues, look at what happens in verse 15. And the water in the skin was used up. And she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. Then she went and sat down across from him at a distance of about a bow shot. For she said to herself, let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, what ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Verse 18, arise, lift up the lad and hold him with your hand and I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water And gave the lad a drink So God was with the lad And he grew and dwelt in the wilderness And became an archer He dwelt in the wilderness of Paran And his mother took a wife for him From the land of Egypt God just promised Abraham That he was going to bless Ishmael They're out in the wilderness They don't have a lot of provisions They run out of water Ishmael's dying And Hagar doesn't want to watch So she places him under a shrub in the shade She goes away and she's like, I can't watch this But yet God intervenes I mean, think about the grace of God God intervenes He speaks to her God's heard the voice of the lad Here's a well I'm going to take care of you And God did And we find that Ishmael takes a wife from Egypt Which is where Hagar was from we're going to see more about this later. Now, in verse 22, it's interesting that we have this whole thing with Isaac being born, all the issues with Ishmael. And if you want to have fun later, you can say issues with Ishmael six times fast and see what comes out. It's always scary when I have to say things like issues with Ishmael over and over and over again. But now we get back to Abimelech again. In verse 22, and it came to pass at that time that Abimelech and pickle. The commander of his army spoke to Abraham, saying, God is with you in all that you do. Now, therefore, swear to me by God that you will not deal falsely with me, with my offspring or with my posterity. All that according to the kindness that I have done to you, you will do to me and to the land in which you have dwelt. And Abraham said, I will swear. Then Abraham rebuked Abimelech because of a well of water, which Abimelech's servants had seized. Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. You did not tell me, nor have I heard of it until today. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two of them made a covenant. And Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. Then Abimelech asked Abraham, what is the meaning of these seven you lambs which you have set by themselves? And he said, you will take these seven you lambs from my hand that they may be a witness that I have dug this well therefore he called the place Beersheba which literally means the well of the oath or the well of the seven because the two had sworn an oath there thus they made a covenant at Beersheba so Abimelech rose with Pickle, the commander of his army And they returned to the land of the Philistines Then Abraham planted a tamarisk tree In Beersheba And there called on the name of the Lord The everlasting God And Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistines Many days Now I just want to make a few quick um, Applications for us from this Notice After all this has gone on Abimelech comes back But he comes back with The commander of his army And he says to Abraham, God is with you in all that you do. Do you realize that this man Abimelech is watching Abraham's life and he's saying the hand of God is in his life. Now, he's watching Abraham through family strife. You know, it's not like all of Abraham's life has just been so easy. I mean, we just found out he had to send his son away. But there was a quality to Abraham's life And that quality of his life Was a witness to Abimelech And would to God that our lives would be the same way not that our lives are going to be easy. Not that everything's always going to go well. Not that we're always going to have a job or always have an excess of money. And not that we're going to drive the nicest car. And not that no bad things are going to happen to us or our families. But that they're through the struggles and the trials of life that our lives have a quality. That when we are broken hearted, we are not brokenhearted as those who have no hope. But we say, I don't know why this is happening, but I trust God. And I pray every day that God will remove this trial from my life. But you know what? Not my will, but his be done. Because the people who are around your lives are watching. And Abimelech is watching this. He's saying, listen, Abraham, God is with you in all that you do now. Swear to me by God that you will not deal falsely with me. He's like, look, I want to be on your team, bro. He's like, "God is blessing you, and I just don't want a repeat of what happened last chapter. I don't want to end up on the wrong side, because God is all over your life, and I want to be a part of that." And Abraham says, "You know what? I can do that." And it's interesting, because Abraham says, "Sure. I can take care of, you. but he's like, "Look, but we need to work something out." He rebuked him because of this well of water. I guess you gotta realize that they lived in the desert. It wasn't like today we just turn a faucet on. Could you imagine if we didn't have any water? So in that culture, there wasn't just running water everywhere. It wasn't like, hey, here's my, here's my ionized water. You know? Here's my bottled water. It's like a well was a, a hot commodity. And so there was a dispute over a well and Abraham, look, I, my guys dug that well and you guys came and took it. And Abraham was like, I didn't even know. I didn't even know. So what does Abraham do? He's like, look, Here's seven choice lambs from my flock. You lambs were, were baby lambs. They were the choicest of lambs. He took seven of them and he said, here, he put them out in front of Abimelech and Abimelech, what is this for? He's like, look, this is because that well is really mine. So I want you to take it. But it's interesting that there is a reconciliation that is taking place here. They're working out the issues. And so they ended up making an oath they called the place Sheba, which literally means the well of the oath or the well of the seven. They made a covenant. Abimelech and the commander of his army returned. And what does Abraham do as is his custom? He plants a tree and he worships God. See, the idea of planting a tree... It was a memorial act There was a memorialization that was going on Like when they would cross the Jordan They would stack stones Like when you get married You give your spouse a ring There was a a memorialization that went on For Abraham And, And I think that's a lost art In kind of the way we do our faith We're kind of scared to memorialize things Because we've seen so much kind of Just ritualistic religion That's gone on in church history where it's all about the memorial as opposed to what it all means. But Jesus was into memorials. The Last Supper was meant to remind us. Baptism is meant to remind us. So many things we do are meant to remind us. You can imagine every time Abraham went by Beersheba and he saw that tamarisk tree that he had planted. He remembered of what God had done in his life. And would to God. You know, in, in that old hymn, I raise my Ebenezer. Most of the new ways we sing it, I got me and uh, Pastor Jason had to talk about it because we say uh, they put in a memorial or an altar instead of an Ebenezer. Because that's from 1 Samuel where they raised an Ebenezer stone. It was a memorial stone. When we hear Ebenezer, we think of Ebenezer Scrooge. Which kind of ruins the picture because he was a grump. You know, but an Ebenezer stone was a, a memorial. It was meant to remind, this is what God had done. And he worships the Lord there. And you know, my hope for all of us, I mean, we talk about this a lot here, and so I don't want to belabor it again, but our lives should be lives of worship. Worship is not just with music in the sanctuary. Worship is a disposition of the soul Worship is making much of God And I pray that for all of us That we would live lives that are making much of who God is That we're saying, God, you are good And you have done good And when we come through trials Or when God shows himself once again to be exceedingly faithful That we find a way to memorialize that We find a way to remember, to remind ourselves. Because isn't it true that we have short memories on the faithfulness of God when struggles come? Imagine if every time God showed himself faithful on your behalf, you planted a tree. And every time you went out into your backyard or your front yard, or if you're one of those folks who don't own a house yet, every time you drive down that street, you see that plant that you planted right there and you think to yourself, Oh, God was so faithful. If we actually memorialize all of God's faithfulness, we would have so many reminders that we would never be able to not trust Him. Abraham is a great witness to us of what it looks like to be a worshiper and to make sure that we remember all that God has done for
0: us. Jesus is... After Abraham and Sarah left Abimelech, it was time for God to fulfill his promise of a son for them. When Isaac came, God told Abraham to send away Hagar and Ishmael, but with a promise. For most of us, our smartphone is an extension of our body. They are constantly ringing and dinging, telling us what to do and where to go next. We want to encourage you to subscribe to the Jesus is Real podcast. Each week, the programs right here on the radio are available in podcast format. So if you miss one of the broadcasts, you can always catch up by subscribing to the Jesus is Real podcast. Log on to Jesusisrealradio.com. It's our joy to bring you Jesus is Real Radio each day here on this station. We want to give you the opportunity to partner with us here at Jesus is Real Radio. So we can bring the ministry to as many people as possible. Simply log on to Jesusisrealradio.com and select Partner from the main menu. There you can help spread God's Word by becoming a monthly supporter or by giving a one-time gift. Now be sure and tune in next time when we hear a familiar and heart-wrenching story. God wants Abraham, all of him, and he'll ask for his most precious thing. Pastor Daniel will challenge us to be open to God, to be available when he calls. Abraham won't be asked to spearhead a ministry or an estate, but to offer up his beloved son. That's coming up next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.